Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about very important topic, interesting topic, how you can scale startup globally by using marketing and branding because today it's hard to go ahead and I have many examples uh, from my clients, from my personal experience that it's hard to scale. You know, when you have customers, when you have the process, everything looks fine, but you can't scale. That's why I'm so excited to learn more about that with Eddie Applebaum. How are you? Hi, Anatoly. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm a big fan. Oh, a big pleasure. I want to learn more about that. And for me, it's an important topic, you know, looking forward to learn about uh, scaling business. And uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you pay so much attention to brand and marketing. Sure. So um, I've been a B2B tech marketer for uh, almost 20 years. I started on the PR side. So I I um, used to work at some of the world's largest privately owned uh, PR firms, uh, Ruder Finfin Partners, uh, Venture First. And at these PR firms, I really learn the importance of, of brand building and um, storytelling. Um, I was fortunate enough to work with dozens of startups uh, while in the agency side, and then uh, spent a few years in Boston. I live in Israel and mostly work with Israeli startups, uh, but I spent a few years in Boston working with uh, nonprofits um, and helping them scale and rebrand. And then I moved back here, I, I moved in-house. And, um, I've had four in-house roles um, at the various start of various sizes. I started at a startup called uh, AnyClip, uh, which does video AI analysis uh, and management, and then moved to a company um, called the Apps Flyer, which is a unicorn in the mobile marketing distribution space. Uh, audio Burst, Audio AI, and now I'm at Expert with VP Marketing, and Leap Expert has a solution for. A responsible business communication. How do you take the most uh, flexible tools and communication channels like mobile messengers and make them enterprise great so even big companies can use them but in a responsible way? Um, nice. So to answer your question, uh, the, the reason I, uh, I uh, pay so much attention to, to brand is um, what I've learned in, uh, in my career is um, technology is hard, um, but you can have the best product and the best technology, um, if the market doesn't perceive you as being um, as being superior, uh, you don't you don't stand a chance, right? You won't you won't penetrate the market, and like you said earlier, you definitely won't scale. Um, and that's why I put so much of my attention on figuring out the right framework for a strategic narrative, for branding, for positioning and differentiation. Those things together will make you uh, stand out and succeed. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Awesome, awesome. Okay, Ari, uh, let's talk about uh, PR. You mentioned that you started in PR uh, agency or company, and uh, I love PR. Uh, and uh, I think PR is only one link building technique that Google loves. I remember when John Mueller on Twitter uh, highlighted about 
PR that uh, PR sometimes even better uh, and bring more results than uh, technical optimization. So uh, Google uh, uh, always encourages uh, you know, uh, content creators to create high quality content and forget about link building. But PR, that's okay. You can use PR. It helps. So can you tell how to be creative in PR? Because I use this strategy. Uh, I pitch press releases for my clients. Uh, we get a few backlinks, not a lot, but uh, these backlinks from uh, high quality authoritative websites. So it brings more than many other link building techniques. Can you tell how to create the right PR campaign? How to analyze what kind of PR we can use uh, to boost uh, company positive reputation and many other things? Right, so, so PR is done primarily um, if we're talking about brand, PR is usually done primarily for uh, brand purposes, right? So having um, having a placement in a highly regarded publication where it's clear that you didn't pay anybody, but a reporter thought that it was important enough to talk about you and tell your story, um, that is, you know, primarily for brand purposes. And when uh, founders look at PR and start to try to count the lead generation, um, they're usually very disappointed because even if you appear in a very uh, popular website, um, it usually doesn't create um, such a massive amount of traffic to your website that will, uh, when you start comparing what you, what you pay to an agency, a PR agency, they're pretty expensive, usually won't pay itself back. And there's much cheaper ways you talk about um, uh, you know, lead generation. There's much, much cheaper ways to to acquire users. So, um, so PR is mostly brand and not user acquisition. But um, like you say, there's a very significant SEO benefit that comes with PR. Uh, number one, even just the the fact that you put a press release out over the wire, which could be free, a few hundred dollars up to thousand dollars, depending on the wire service that you use and the distribution. Um, just putting it out over the wire gives you significant reach, and I've seen a lot of SEO benefit that comes um, that comes with that, especially when it's automatically and and manually picked up by some uh, medium or even high domain authority uh, sources. Um, and then the real bonanza, of course, is if you're able to uh, place an article um, in a uh, in a popular publication. Um, that's when you start to see the benefits because. If um, let's say leap expert, if we put out news and we're covered by um, by a publication, let's say four brights about us, um, then within days, right? Sometimes hours, um, when people are searching for leap expert, uh, Forbes is very good SEO wise. It will appear very high up, um, and then you get the not only generating the traffic but also the brand, the brand and the uh, SEO benefit. Um, so, so I do think that PR has a lot of benefit and goes hand in hand with, with SEO. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Great, great. Uh, I'm interested about creativity. You know, I think marketing can't work without creative uh, marketing message. Uh, and uh, once uh, I read a story about a girl, 40 years girl, she, uh, she filmed uh, a video on TikTok about her dad, that he wrote uh, a book uh, or spent uh, 14 years to write a book. Uh, and for 14 years, he got a few sales, not a lot. 
the, uh, she did it from account with zero followers. Uh, but this video uh, became viral. Uh, plus 40 million people watched this video. And today this book is a bestseller on Amazon. So, uh, and uh, I analyzed this video and got it. Uh, it's not a nice looking design. Nothing special. But the message is unique. The message is creative. And uh, I found she just wrote that my dad spent 14 years to write a book. I just want to help him to uh, get some sales uh, because he doesn't know anything about TikTok. Very simple. But 40 mm -hmm. million people watch this video. Today we see this uh, great results. And uh, I think if we pay uh, money for marketing, uh, for PR, it will cost a lot to uh, help some book to become bestseller on Amazon. Uh, can you tell about creativity? How to find these ideas? How to uh, find creative message? Because in PR, it's very important. And I analyze uh, successful PR com uh, campaigns, uh, PR press, rele press releases, and I found most of them are creative. You know, they don't replicate others. They don't uh, copy uh, something that we have today. They create something new and simple. Any insights about finding these ideas? Yeah, so I think I think you're onto something, right? Creativity is is key, um, and especially you, you know this the story you tell. It's about it's B two C, right? It's a girl selling a book to to wider audiences, but especially in B two B, we tend to be very very boring. Marketers tend to follow one another and use uh, industry jargon, and uh, everybody ends up sounding the same, and it's just noise that everybody tuned. Um, and uh, I'm taking, I think it was um, the CMO of Gong, uh, Uri Lettergor, who, who said once, if it's best practice, um, then uh, if it's best practice, then no, that's not what he said. I forget, the, I forget the exact quote, but he spoke about how um, how when everybody um, it's the same thing, then, um, then, then by definition, you have to do something else, right? Because um, you're not standing out. And what creativity is about is, is about figuring out a different message, um, a different way to deliver the message, right? It's a vehicle, it's the image, it's a visual, it's a story that you tell. Um, and not to be afraid to, to do things differently um, and to treat people as people. Even in B2B, um, we're not marketing to businesses, we're marketing to, to people. So remember that you're talking to a person and what works with people is emotion, it's humor, it's creativity, it's something that will move them. Um, not talk to them, but try to, try to really motivate them, move them from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, once I spoke with Jim Edwards, he uh, worked in Business Insider for 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, he started on this company from scratch. Then uh, company was sold for $500 million, 1,000 employees, uh, very successful company. Many B2B uh, companies, brands know about this company. And he told me that uh, their success depends on creating non-boring content. So business, finance, uh, and related topics are boring. But when you create non-boring content, you can get much better results. And I found 
from my experience. I see you have a lot of books on your background and I love reading books as well. And uh, I love reading uh, books, uh, I mean like adventure books from Jack London, you know, when I can read his book, mm -hmm. he wrote this amazing books 100 years ago, but I can feel that I'm part of this journey. Now I take this book, I can forget about sleep, about water, meal, mm -hmm. anything, because I, I'm living on this book. But uh, many business books uh, are great for sleep. You know, when, when you have problems with sleep, you can take a new book to read it. You don't need to buy any medicine, pills, just read a new boring book and you can sleep well all night. And But uh, some books are great, even business books like uh, Josh Ugerman wrote uh, his books like 40 years ago, uh, but I love reading them. I can feel that I'm part of the journey. It's interesting written. So I think it's in important to create non-boring content. It doesn't matter what kind of format you have. Can you tell how to create non-boring content in boring niche? <laughs> Uh, I'll give one tip, and that's um, what what sets good content apart from bad content is bad content, and this is most, again, B2B tech marketing content, is descriptive. And by descriptive, I mean it explains. It explains the problem. It explains the solution. It explains about the product. It explains how you can use it and explains how you can benefit from it. And that's all very important and has to be, I guess, part of the message. Um, but descriptive is one way to communicate. And the second way that you, you can communicate is through narrative, uh, storytelling. And the books that you talk about that are, are riveting, that pull you in, um, that you can't put down, are just excellent stories because human beings for thousands of years have been trained um, to tell and listen to stories and be moved by stories. And, and so even the best business books you know, my favorite marketing, I've read so many marketing books. My favorite one um, is uh, The 21 Rules, Immutable Rules of Marketing uh, by Al Reese from 30 or 40 years ago. And even though a lot of the uh, stories there are outdated, um, it's all stories. Every, every rule there has stories that tells, uh, that explains and demonstrates the rules. So, um, and, and think about some of the best um, business books out there, um, good to great, right? It made such a great impact at the time. It was because it was really compelling stories that demonstrated how companies go from good to great. And so the, the number one tip I can give you um, is find the creativity to move away from descriptive marketing and towards stories, uh, longer stories, shorter stories, a combination of stories, just find a way because that's our, the human brain is wired to listen and to be pulled in by a good story yeah yeah i love storytelling uh, i opened your linkedin profile because i love opening linkedin profiles and <laughs> i found on your background uh the message brand builder marketer mentor speaker let's talk about that you uh have two niches i mean like uh, you cover uh, branding and marketing uh, we can separate them, we can unite them, but can you tell how to unite them? Because I see the issue when uh, marketers uh, can't get the right data from salespeople, as when they don't cooperate with uh, specialists who uh, create brand awareness. So can you tell how to unite uh, different uh, teams, departments, uh, people, experts, 
in one cohesive goal because you have experience with branding and marketing. Uh, any insights how to unite them? Well, I'll tell you what, where I think the problem lays, which is a few years ago, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, um, when the wonderful uh, world of digital marketing evolved to a place where you can uh, really anticipate um, how much impact you'll have every dollar that goes into the marketing machine, what will come out on the other end, um, right, with, with PPC and, and digital platforms, um, it became way too tempting for marketers and definitely for the founders to measure everything in dollars and dimes and say, okay, if I invest now uh, $300,000 or $500,000 or a million dollars, I will get this amount of um, uh, revenue from you know, X amount of leads um, within the next 12 months. And I think that's very important. But what happened was um, with that, the smaller startups, um, when they had to hire their first marketer, the appeal was to get the... Um, bring in the growth, um, the performance marketer first. And the idea is, I know that this performance marketer will manage the campaigns and bring in and optimize how much uh, success, the impact leads and revenue I, I uh, get out of my marketing budget. Um, and what happens with that kind of thinking is, well, first of all, we all know what happened to uh, media uh, budgets and the platforms uh, um, hiring, you know, um, raising the, the prices and the competition just eating eating the small guys for, for breakfast. Um, so we know the challenge on that front. And then and what you end up is with a soulless marketing machine. And what I mean is, um, yes, maybe you'll be able to bring in a certain amount of, of, um, of leads and a certain amount of revenue. But you asked me earlier about brand and scaling, and you hit a glass ceiling very, very early on because if you don't have the right story, if you don't have the right differentiation, uh, if you haven't built a brand that is worth more than the users that you're able to bring to your, to click a button or, or whatever, um, then you get stuck. Um, every single great startup and tech company that you could think of, every single one of them, um, a big contributor to, to their success was the ability to build a brand. A brand is bigger than the sum of its parts. A brand creates value around the name of the company, the story, the promise that it brings to the world. And it attracts the best employees and it attracts the best partners. And of course, it attracts customers. When you're comparing 10, um, 10 competitors, you're going to be attracted um, not to the cheapest price usually, um, even though price is always a consideration. Um, the brand gives you so much more. So what I'm saying is, um, these startups that were hiring the um, PPC ninjas first, they lost the ability, they missed the opportunity to bring in a brand builder first because the brand builder will give you the foundation, okay? And on top of that foundation, of course, the tactical uh, optimization of campaigns will come and the SEO uh, will come. Everything will come, but as a brand builder, I believe that it has to come on a strong foundation of a brand. On top of that is corporate marketing and growth marketing and uh, product marketing, and everything else. But I believe very strongly, foundation has to be brand. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. I think today, you know, uh, when someone pays uh, so much attention to SEO or social media marketing and forget about branding, I usually tell them, no way. <laughs> you know, uh, because when users have choices to choose uh, 
brand or unrecognizable brand, you know, they will choose brands. For example, my son, 12 years old, you know, he never uh, yeah. asks me to buy sneakers. He always asks me to buy Nike. Always. <laughs> he doesn't know about the word sneakers. I, uh, for me, it's more important quality. I can buy uh, Puma, Reebok, any brand. For me, it's more important quality. It doesn't matter. Uh, of course, uh, I trust brands, Reebok, Adidas, Nike, uh, but uh, I usually choose between different uh, well-known brands because I know these brands create quality, produce quality products. But he always exactly. tells me I need Nike, buy me this Nike. <laughs> so Nike provides a good job, you know, with influence marketing, uh, when his loving sportsman can uh takes these shoes you know so he he can feel he wanna be uh to become the part of uh, such feeling you know uh to have the status you know like uh, influencers can uh, have it okay Ari, i have the question about scaling you know uh, wait wait before example, you before you continue <clears throat> you mentioned nike um actually i have this book right here um it's called shoe dog by Phil Nike. Ah, okay, okay. And it's the story, yeah, it's the story of how he built Nike. Nike. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just starting to read it now. But I really think that what, what he was able to do is build an iconic brand, um, which goes so much uh, beyond the, the products, of course, right? People, um, they think of Nike much like Apple as a way of life. And, um, and the brand loyalty that you talk about is just a small part of it, meaning when you, um, <clears throat> brand loyalty means you've had so many um, good experiences with a brand um, that you become loyal because you, you believe that, that the experiences means that you'll continue to have good experiences. And that means that if I've had a hundred or a thousand cans of Coca-Cola, they all tasted exactly the same. If for some reason I drink a can of Coke and it's, and it's flat or it tastes bad, um, I won't blame Coca-Cola. I'll think that it was the fridge or the, the, the store or something went wrong because I, I have brand loyalty. I know the quality of Coke. I know that it's always the same. Same with the Nike product. If something tears, I won't think that Nike now is, is, is a subpar. I'll think that something happened on the way. Maybe I did it. Um, and, and that's the type of experience that um, the brands go for. And that, again, in, in, in B2B, uh, we're trying to emulate. It's much, much harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting about uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Once I read um, one uh, comparison or study when, uh, uh, you know, researchers uh, invited 100 people and gave them Pepsi and Cola, but uh, people didn't know what kind of drinks they have. And most of them uh, replied that Pepsi is better than Cola, most of them. But uh, Cola uh, sells a lot more drinks than Pepsi. So because of this branding, because of creating brand awareness. And by the way, it's it's very good book. Uh, uh, I love uh, this book because um, uh, when he uh, shared the story, how to create an awesome brand, uh, how much headache he had, uh, it's painful, a lot of mistakes, but he never uh, gave up, uh, keep going, uh, changing uh, habits that we have. Yeah, awesome book. I love it. I love it. Okay, Ari, let's talk about scaling. You know, 
For example, it's not like to hire two uh, times more people to get two times more sales. You know, it doesn't work like this. Mm -hmm. So can you tell right. then how to scale business when you have stagnation? Everything looks fine. You have sales, customers, but uh, it's a big struggle to scale. Any insights how to do it? I think uh, the one tip is is experimentation, right? So um, marketing is very, you know, you're talking about the, you were just talking about the journey of a, um, a founder and, um, and, and, and what a headache it is and how you have to keep trying. It's the same thing with marketing, right? Uh, founders and marketers have a very similar uh, parallel journey because um, you have to be very uh, up for the, the, the wild ride, uh, which involves so many pivots and changes and experiments because every time, every, every morning you'll wake up and there'll be surprises, right? So marketers need to know that if something's not working, um, there's always a plan B. There's always something else you could try. Um, it's it could be on a strategic level, which is looking at new a new go-to-market uh, strategy, um, exploring a new market. Maybe we didn't think of um, selling to this market instead of that, or a different persona within the organization, um, different geographies. Right, the list goes on, um, and it could be strategic in terms of changing the pricing, if the, you know, figuring out what, what's not working in order to uh, remove that friction point. And it can be very, very tactical, um, as tactical as changing an image or, you know, a CTA on an ad. Um, and sometimes you, you just do it again and again and again, a hundred times it'll fail. And then on, on attempt 101, something all of a sudden unleashes, and then you could just, you know, dial up the, the campaign and, and, and sit back and enjoy the, the revenue. But um, I think what, what it means is you, you, ha you have to continuously experiment. You have to move really, really fast. Um, you have to not be afraid. Jeff Bezos speaks about uh, um, the problem that people think that, that most of the, the choices uh, in a workplace are a one-way door, meaning if I make the decision to go from here to here, there's no going back. And that's why there's stagnation because people are afraid of making a mistake that's irreversible. But Jeff Bezos says it's not true. 95% of, of decisions you make in the workplace are a revolving door, right? You could make the decision, and if you made the mistake, you'll walk it back. Maybe there'll be a cost, and maybe um, and maybe you'll 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 lose something. But in a healthy workplace, that's encouraged, and that's what Jeff Bezos did for many years as CEO of Amazon was encourage people to say 95% of the 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 um, decisions are revolving doors. So make them. And if you end a mistake, we'll figure out a way to walk them back. Same thing with marketing. You have to continuously change and start and experiment and try things and know and make sure you, you go to work for a boss um, who understands that and has the mindset to say, okay, you failed 95% uh, uh, of the time, uh, but the 5% of, of success is going to be exponential. And we're going to explode mm -hmm. and not stop yeah. you after the first five mistakes. Yeah, I remember when Jeff uh, Bezos said uh, about, uh, uh, I, I remember uh, that was an interview with Jeff Bezos and uh, someone uh, shared the story uh, when uh, the research team came to Jeff and uh, gave him data about a new product and uh, asked to give more time to research, to analyze, to learn customers. And 
he denied. He told, no way, guys, nobody knows what actually works. We need to experiment, to test, to figure out. And this product was Alexa. <laughs> Today, most uh, homes in the United States, States uh, have this product. And uh, uh, I remember when Mark Zuckerberg told about... Uh, experiment about testing about taking a risk and he told the biggest risk is not to take the risk <laughs> so yeah you need to yeah. to the, test you need to analyze their tagline for years was uh, move fast and and break things but that that got a lot of uh, backlash and and people were critical of it because um so many things did break <laughs> yeah yeah i agree okay uh let's talk about uh common mistakes can you list mistakes that companies still do in uh, branding, marketing, uh, PR, uh, and how to find a much better working way? Um, yeah, mistakes. I think mistakes, um, they vary. But one is like I spoke about earlier is being too tactical and, and hiring first the uh, growth people before the brand people. I think you have to hire brand first. Product marketing has to come really, really early on. Um, until until a few years ago, people many people didn't understand the value of product marketing. Now the whole industry has exploded, and good product marketers are are, are set for life um, because uh, because it's such an important function. So I think get your brand first, get your product marketing second. Um, I think another mistake is um, a lot of this is a little it's important. A lot of um, uh, marketers will outsource uh, graphic design. Um, and I really think that graphic design needs to be one of the first five functions in a marketing uh, team because, um, again, your your ability to create a cohesive visual brand, which is part of the story, right? Part is the written and the, the spoken word. And the other part is how you, um, you know, how you tell the, the brand uh, story visually. So I think get a really strong um, graphic designer on board early on to help you build that brand is, is key. Um, other mistakes that um, the marketers do, we spoke about PR earlier. So uh, oftentimes uh, people outsource PR to an agency. Agencies tend to be expensive um, and then not maximize that uh, asset. So a lot of agencies, some agencies are great, but a lot of PR agencies will take money and, um, and, and basically uh, not do so much. And you have to really be on top of them and not think that it's an on-off switch. I have an agency and now I'll get results. You have to be invested in the process. You have to push them. Um, you have to make sure that uh, you're allocating time to speak to journalists, um, et cetera. So I think that's important. And I, I do think that the model is changing. And in many cases, uh, not in all cases, but in many cases, it's better to bring corporate communications in-house and, um, and, and manage PR that way. You'll Oftentimes, you'll see more uh, results. Another common mistake um, on media is um, is thinking that um, posting a little bit here and there will uh, will do the trick. Uh, it's not engaging, right? It's not uh, not engaging conversation influencers and others in order to uh, create this momentum around your social media. It's thinking of social media as another place to push out news about your company and congratulatory stuff. Um, instead of building thought leadership and using LinkedIn, for example, uh, as a thought leadership platform. So um, I really encourage marketers to build up a thought leadership um, capability in-house to work with your senior leadership and with anybody who's good in their company um, to turn your company from 
um, from a, a, a leading company to a company of leaders where every, um, every function is seen as a leader in their community. And the, um, the results you'll see there are tremendous. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Awesome. Okay, Ari, I have the question about uh, how to learn from scratch. iPhone, you know, uh, I usually get uh, much better results with customers who understand SEO. If they know how SEO works, if they know importance of creating high-quality content, we usually get better results. Uh, but if someone uh, feels that the expert in, in any niche will decide all your problems, it's for me, it's the same like uh, to find the best uh, coach uh, or specialist uh, in diet um, and... Uh, don't understand why you need to eat healthy food, uh, to drink water, uh, if you want to uh, lose weight, uh, and something similar. Or, for example, the best tutor can't teach you uh, the foreign language. You need to spend time to learn. Uh, uh, experts usually show the way where to go. Can you tell, for example, if you started today from scratch, without any experience, knowledge, skills, completely from scratch, what will you do today to learn more about uh, marketing and branding? So, so first of all, I want to I want to agree with you that it, it's very frustrating when when uh, you get hired for for a job, um, and, uh, and and then not trusted to to do what you know to do best. For example, in SEO, um, it's it's a warning sign if somebody comes to you and says, um, "I want results," and doesn't understand that SEO um, is 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 a, a long game, right? And and yes, you'll see results in a few months, but it's going to take time, and then it'll be exponential. That's just how SEO works. And yes, there's things you can do immediately to tweak and optimize. But if, if people have um, uh, such a short-term view, run away. <laughs> run away because you won't succeed. Um, you'll, you, you'll succeed, but they might cut you off before you're able to. So, um, so I agree with that, with that view. In terms of what I would um, say to myself at the beginning of my career is, um, is get yourself mentors. I think that um, a lot of people are willing to give back and um, you know, I certainly do. Uh, I, I, I spend I spend a significant amount of time helping startups and younger uh, founders to um, figure out their marketing, uh, you know, at no cost just to, to give back to the community. Um, so find yourself some good mentors and and you'll learn a lot from them. That's number one. Uh, number two is, uh, again, I, I, I'm going back to LinkedIn because there's so much good content out there. Um, Make sure you're connected to or following some of the um, key marketers, and there's plenty of lists out there of the you know top marketers to learn from. Because if you just spend a few minutes a day reading um, and learning from them, you will grow very very fast. Um, and number three, of course, is find the best tools and automations to make your life uh, easier. When I started my career, there was <laughs> there's almost nothing, but today there's thousands of solutions out there. Um, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but everybody's talking about ChatGPT, um, even um, even today, my team is, is benefiting so much, even from the free version. Um, and of course, there's mistakes and there's problems with it, but the ability to save time um, and not start with a blank slate, but get some written content and then edit it um, is, is super beneficial. So find the tools that are best for you uh, and use them to, to be a more efficient marketer. Yeah, by the way, chat GPT, yeah, uh, impressive, impressive growth, uh, because uh, I was surprised about this growth. Let me explain why, because uh, AI tools uh, existed before, so we had uh, 
Jasper, uh, Copy AI, many others. And uh, for me, it's hard to tell what kind of difference we get on ChatGPT and these tools because they, uh, these tools use the same model from OpenAI, but this ChatGPT just said, I don't know, uh, I remember, yeah, I found comparison about growing some brands. Instagram got uh, a million followers for... Uh, two and a half months, chat GPT for five days. You know, uh, Netflix, Facebook got uh, a million followers, uh, users, follow users uh, for uh, 10 months. Netflix, like a few years, many other great brands, uh, many years, but chat GPT for five days. And uh, I read an interview with CEO of chat GPT and some employees, and they uh, were surprised about this popularity. They didn't expect uh but uh, what they said uh, they pay so much attention to create uh, something new interesting and uh, it's not the best nice looking design just functionality and now how it works so yeah and uh, let me ask about chat gpt iphone you know many writers probably almost all writers use this tool uh, but this tool just rewrite existing content and um, I explained to uh, writers who cooperate with me that we don't need to use this tool so much. I mean, like to overuse, because uh, if we create content with this tool, plus thousand people can create the same content. It's not unique. It's not even if you get 100% with uh, many tools, it's not unique. It's the same stuff. Yeah. That than other people have. So can you tell the right way of using this tool? How to create content by using yeah. ChatGPT or any similar tool, but unique content? Right, right. So I, I agree. You know, there was um, just last week or two weeks ago, um, there was one or two editors of um, um, science fiction journals uh, that are open. They're open to submissions and they get an X amount of submissions from, from writers every week or day or month. And they said that the last few months have been insane. There's been an exponential growth in how many submissions of, of stories they get. And what they said is that these stories are so clearly written by ChatGPT. Uh, they were so boring and soulless and, um, and, and useless. So they, of course, they didn't even consider them to, for publication. And they closed, I think they closed off for submissions until they could figure out what to do. Um, <laughs> but, but I think it, what, what it shows us is that um, there is still value in the creativity of a good writer. And somebody uh, just last week um, wrote um, two stories about, I think it was about a birth of a, a baby, um, how ChatGPT told the story and how a good writer could dramatic moment of birth. And, and it was really night and day. And one was so emotive and the other was just blah. Um, so mm -hmm. so we, we, we have here a problem when, when it's basically, we all know that ChatGPT uses basically it's statistics to uh, predict the next letter and word and, se and sentence. Um, that's not going to ever be, or at least in the sh short uh, term, it's not going to be uh, creative genius. So um, we definitely should be aware, and I'm sure for SEO purposes, there's no question in my mind that Google's going to find a way um, to weed out these blog posts. So if you think that you're 
you're going to uh, stop having humans write your blog posts. Um, maybe that's good for a couple of months, but it's not a long-term SEO strategy. Um, you're going to need people to tell content that's 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 different because otherwise it just levels the playing field and, and nothing will matter anymore. Um, and, and good content will continue to be important. And so to answer your question, um, you can use ChatGPT for pieces of your story or uh, your blog post or your email. You can use ChatGPT for options. Sometimes I will write a sentence and I'll say, doesn't sound right. So I'll plug it into ChatGPT uh, and I'll say, rewrite this or rewrite this and optimize it for X or Y or give me yeah. 10 options. And sometimes one of the 10 options will be good. And sometimes I'll have to take three options and merge them together. And then I come up with something that's better than what I had. So you have to be smart with how you use ChatGPT. It, 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 I use it for editing. I use it sometimes for an outline. Give me an outline for a blog post about iMessage compliance. And it'll give me uh, an outline. And then I'll say, this is bad. This is good. I'll take pieces. I'll add. Um, I'll take one piece and say, okay, now break it out and give me 10 bullet points under that. You have to know how to use it. And, and by the way, I think this is going to create a whole new slew of, uh, of jobs and functions in marketing organizations and in organizations um, in general, which are uh, people who know what prompts to, to give and how to use these technologies. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to have people who take it and, and look at it and add the human flair and the creativity that, that's going to make it stand down and work. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. I agree. And um, uh, I use ChatGPT uh, to edit yeah. my text. <laughs> I write <laughs> unique text. No one has this text. So I ask ChatGPT, please don't change the meaning. Give me the same meaning, but edit. So uh, I can save money uh, by paying for proofreading. So why yeah, not? Sometimes it still does does change the meaning. I find that the editing, you have to be very careful and say to yourself, it just move the words around, but does it still mean the same thing? And sometimes it doesn't. So you have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. It's better to read, uh, to check out. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I found a few writers who use ChatGPT overuse. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't cooperate with these people. I told them, sorry, guys, uh, if you want to use, just tell me, okay, I'm going to use, uh, everyone uses, but uh, what kind of difference can you bring by using this tool? Uh, it's important because if you create the same content, uh, if I ask uh, these questions and get the same context that you have, I'm not interested to get such text. So yeah, right. I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, and Ari, I have the final question about the future. Can you forecast what kind of future will be in branding, in marketing because of AI, many other things that will come. And I found that uh, today, Snapchat, YouTube, Instagram, Baidu, DuckDuckGo, um, even uh, governments like Singapore uh, invested, uh, if I remember correctly, plus $20 billion to uh, develop AI. So uh, I think the future will be in AI. It's not only the future, it's present, but uh, the future, uh, everything that we have will scale a lot. So can you predict what kind of future will be and how to adapt today to this future? So I think that uh, when we talk about marketing, tech marketing, um, more and more of the um, work will be done by AI right? and will be um, using both generic tools and every marketing team is going to have custom uh, tools using APIs of these AI, uh, AI platforms to create specific 
marketing machines that are fed all the, you know, the brand guidelines and the positioning and the competitor and everything, and then help you with emails, with campaign optimization, with everything. Now, that is not to uh, mistake um, the future for, for being less marketers. I don't think that it's going to, any mar marketer is going to lose his job. What um, some research just came out recently that said that the most important um, uh, function and, and characteristic of good employees in the future is going to be um, agility, right? The ability to adapt to these changes. Those who are not able to uh, change will be left behind and, and won't be good marketers. Marketers are going to have to continuously learn to adapt and uh, adopt and adapt to these new uh, tools and use them. And I think it's just going to make us uh, better marketers. It'll, it'll enable us to create more, a higher qual quantity of materials, better quality materials, and going back to brand, um, what's going to be more important than ever is how do you build a strong brand around this? How do you tell a story that's compelling? How do you make this um, full of emotion? How do you create desirability? You, you know, you spoke earlier about um, about Nike um, and about iPhones, and I think that um, and, and your son, right? And I think at the end of the day, um, one of the hardest things to create is something that's desirable. How do you how do you create FOMO? How do you create a, a brand where people say, I need that, I need to get that. Um, and, and so the, the market of the future is on the one hand gonna use all these AI tools uh, and, and, and generate lots and lots of very, very data-driven, even more than today, and analytical and measured um, uh, uh, channels of acquisition and uh, you know, impact. And on the other hand, is going to have to spend a lot of time on the strategy of the brand and on creating something that people can connect to. And the last thing I'll say is it's gonna make relationships more important than ever. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but in 2023, conferences are exploding. Um, we thought with COVID that there would be no more, everybody moved to webinars and this and that. Forget that, why? Because people want to meet people. They want to build relationships. And so marketers will be a lot more about building brand, as I said, building relationships and building a community, community around their product, around their people. Um, and so um, it's going to be a very interesting uh, uh, ride. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. agree because, you know, in conference, you can see people face to face <laughs> on uh, on online. We don't know who can speak with you. And uh, yeah, chat technologies are growing. So yeah, people, but people want to have this communication relationship. Uh, Ari, it's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to learn more about you, how to follow you, how to reach out to you. Um, so thank you for your time, Anatoly. Uh, the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn, Ari Applebaum. Notice that there's no E, so Ari Applebaum, A-P-P-L-B-A-U-M. I also have a website, ariapplebaum.com, which will be upgraded in the next few weeks or months. Um, and before we say goodbye, I just want to say, Anatoly, that we didn't mention it at all. Um, but uh, since it's been a year now, I do want to say here in Israel, I live in Israel, the people of Israel are very much uh, with the Ukraine. And we know it's not going to be fast and it's going to take a long time, uh, but the Ukraine will prevail. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. A big pleasure, a big support. Yeah, it's a really hard time. I still have business in, in Ukraine. I keep helping, donating them. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Ukrainian army will provide a good job to destroy this uh, army that 
came to free Ukrainian people from whom we don't know. <laughs> so in Russia, 15 years in prison, everything if you say against uh, this Russian propaganda. But in Ukraine, if I don't like my president Zelensky, I can tell I don't like him. It's my opinion. That's okay. But in Russia, you can't. So and this Uh, people decided to free Ukraine from whom we don't know exactly, but it's history. I think uh, Ukraine will do this job to change the history, I hope. And uh, by the way, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned uh, that some publications have the problem with recognizing uh, AI content. And one of my friends uh, worked, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he works in CopyLeaks, the company that can help with uh, recognizing AI content. By the way, I didn't test this tool. I'm going to do it because uh, I found two writers who can <laughs> just create the same content without providing extra insight. So yeah, I'm going to jump with this tool. Uh, I feel, I think many other similar tools will come to the place. Because yes, yes, it's no question. Today. <laughs> yeah, no it's, question. it's important. It's important to uh, control and to know that you can get uh, unique and uh, creative stuff. Okay, Ari, it's a big pleasure again. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for uh, having so me on much. your show. Yeah. Okay, guys, thanks a lot for watching and listening to us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.